0: Recorded live in Manhattan's East Village at St. Mark's Church in the Bowery, this is The Poetry Project. In Amber Atia's recent chat book, The Fierce Bums of Duop*, published by Argos Press, which is available back there, um, she unfurls a deep knowing of this city, especially in the clarity of its harshness. Amber asks, how do we accuse the city, then claim a home within it? The people who fill Amber's New York are pressed so close together, like a long line of a poem on a page, crammed in this city's physicalities, crowded places. Amber's stacks of adjectives build description like building whole libraries out of eyes. So one can be far from home when it seems they are close within it. Union Square, Times Square, the womb is Flatbush, and the shout outs connect the gaps. Amber catalogs such wildly different forms of intimacy between sisters, lovers, mothers, neighbors, even a Buddhist smoker monk in the line at public assistance. Outlined in her poems is a living methodology of pushing through grief and cruel bureaucracies. Amber's poetry hones in on the visceral, specifically in literal and figurative graftings of food and flesh. What happens if you have a ripe breast for breakfast and then the bullet is right behind it? What makes one reek of what cooking smell? Amber studies her subjects with airtight observation. No detail escapes the blunt facts that speak as if for centuries. She writes, the wife up to her wrists and guts. Amber's portrait of domestic feasts where each flavor has a long time to cook and a lot of meeting once it dissolves in the mouth of those who eat it. There's fish eyes clear or fish eyes bloodshot. Fruit languishes in its funky sweet overripe state. Avocados are weary. To Amber, personification is everywhere. Nothing is wasted, especially not the possibility for meaning. With so much sight and taste in the present to propel back at us, memory can be claustrophobic in its abundance and distance. And the details are meant for chugging. Hence the fast pace, the urgency to Atia's lyric grasp. She is holding us very tightly. Amber writes, remind me not to linger as if there is no time for that. She reaches out from her poems, rich with a tumble of sensations, even when the landscape is bleak. Amber's voice points to the last flower seen being not in a plant, but on a T-shirt. The pigeon shits on your hair, and that just as a fact, plainly stated. The sky, even that place, bleeds and hurts. Amber calls the clouds, Band-Aids. Please help me in welcoming Amber Atiyah.
1: Thank you so much for that. Um, this is actually my first time in this space, um which you know I've been saying, and I've been saying um very often to a lot of people, partially because I feel like I'm ashamed, you know that I've been in this city for thirty four years and I've never been in this space before, but you know, there's a first time for everything. Um, so, the first piece that I want to read actually is not my poem. um I want to read. My favorite June Jordan poem because I just want to read it. (laughs) So um, this is a poem about my rights. Poem about my rights. Even tonight and I need to take a walk and clear my head about this poem about why I can't go Out without changing my clothes, my shoes, my body posture, my gender identity, my age, my status as a woman alone in the evening alone, in the streets alone, not being the point, the point being that I can't do what I want to do with my own body because I am wrong sex, the wrong age, the wrong skin, and suppose it was not here in the city, but down on the beach or far into the woods, and I wanted to go there by myself thinking about God or thinking about children or thinking about the world, all of it disclosed by the stars and the silence. I could not go and I could not think and I could not stay there alone as I need to be alone because I can't do what I want to do with my own body. And who in the hell set things up like this? And in France, they say if the guy penetrates but does not ejaculate, then he did not Rape me, and if after stabbing him, if after screaming, if after begging the bastard, if even after smashing a hammer to his head, if even after that he and his buddies fucked me, after that, then I consented and there was no rape because finally you understand, finally they fucked me over because I was wrong. I was wrong again to be me being me where I was wrong to be who I am, which is exactly like South Africa penetrating into Namibia, penetrating into Angola. And does that mean, I mean, how do you know if Pretoria ejaculates? What will the evidence look like? The proof of the monster jack boot ejaculation on black land? And if after Namibia, if after Angola, if after Zimbabwe, and if after all of my kinsmen and women resist even to self-immolation of the villages, and if after that we lose, nevertheless, what will the big boys say? Will they claim my consent? Do you follow me? We are the wrong people of the wrong skin on the wrong continent and what in the hell is everybody being reasonable about and according to the Times this week back in 66 the CIA decided they had this problem and the problem was a man named Nkrumah so they killed him and before that it was Patrice Lumumba and before that it was my father on the campus of my Ivy League school and my father afraid to walk into the cafeteria because he said he was wrong, the wrong age, the wrong skin, the wrong gender identity and he was paying my tuition and before that it was my father saying I was wrong, saying that I should have been a boy because he wanted one a boy, that I should have been lighter skinned, I should have had straighter hair, that I should not be so boy crazy but instead I should just be one a boy and before that it was my mother pleading plastic surgery for my nose and braids this is for my teeth and telling me to let the books loose, to let them loose, in other words, I am very familiar with the problems of the CIA and the problems of South Africa, and the problems of Exxon Corporation, and the problems of white America in general, and the problems of the teachers, and the preachers, and the FBI, and the social workers, and my particular mom and dad. I am very familiar with the problems because the problems turn out to be me. I am the history of rape. I am the history of the rejection of who I am. I am the history of the terrorized incarceration of myself. I am the history of battery assault and limitless armies against whatever I want to do with my mind and my body and my soul. And whether it's about walking out at night Or whether it's about the love that I feel or whether it's about the sanctity of my vagina or the sanctity of my national boundaries or the sanctity of my leaders or the sanctity of each and every desire that I know from my personal and idiosyncratic and indisputably single and singular heart I have been raped because i have been wrong the wrong sex the wrong age the wrong skin the wrong nose the wrong hair the wrong need the wrong dream i have been the meaning of rape i have been the problem everyone seeks to eliminate by forced penetration with or without the evidence of slime and but let this be unmistakable. This poem is not consent. I do not consent to my mother, to my father, to the teachers, to the FBI, to South Africa, to Bedford Style, to Park Avenue, to American Airlines, to the hardened idlers on corners, the sneaky creeps in cars. I am not wrong. Wrong is not my name. My name is my own my own, my own, and I can't tell you who the hell set things up like this, but I can tell you that from now on, my resistance, my simple and daily and nightly self-determination may very well cost you your life. Can... Can I ask somebody to pass me water? (laughs) Poonam, I think it's it's right near you. Thank you so much. So I love that poem, but it leaves my throat dry. Even when I read it to myself. (laughs) Which I do often. Bluefish. Shiny, fat, sharp, finned, even in death, it bleeds me as I turn it over in my hand. My wife scales the wild beast caught at Canarsie Pier. A strange heart dissected, open-mouthed, shocked it fell for some city boy, line and hook. She shucks its entrails messy life skidding across our table onto the floor. Wife, up to her wrists in guts and bones, I must be a monster to eat. And I am, bag its head features frozen in time tossed into freezer for stock. Wife taught me to always choose the fish with clear pupils to keep away from the ones look as if they cried to death. Sorrow weighs down the scale. The night I discovered she'd cheated on me, I fed her four snappers with the worst bloodshot eyes stuffed with butter shallots, peppers, us sitting across from each other like heads of an organized crime family. The sound of death at work around us, fragrant sizzle of skin in the oven, sweet bell ringing through the gut, my blood lust potent enough to make whole bodies disappear. Okay, so I'm gonna read um, a couple of poems from the chapbook, which is called The Fierce Bums of Jewop. Okay. Brooklyn, hive of prosthetic limbs, corset of skin, bruised lips, blooming lisp and click, kim chi meat, bus up shut oh ripe breast for breakfast oh bullet your signature dish oh cyclone of bone bubble goose and lucy blazed between a tranny's lips whose memory boycotts the g building whose body a rumor started there flatbush Flatbush, my headless chicken, dollar vans honking la cucaracha in every hood, the cockroach in powder blue tracksuit, pimp, sky god with a limp, cat calling muffin tops, braces, and bus pass young courting hustlers, coffin chasers, ja lil day Dimple fine decades after Kane and Kraken, and black rage dragged Dookie chained into the 80s. The street corners prom of derelicts crown you queen. Thrown a milk crate circa 78 before Coney Island got gangster. Rides hurling bodies like. Horseshoes which ever blacked out left half the city in Times Square, sipping St. Ives, heading south on sixth, the crossing unlit bridge to get back, back, get to Brook where wasn't a D or a B 41 running, where everything running was a she. My sister breaks bread in the streets. My sister hears voices named after the Supremes. They talk shit to her on sunny days. They tell her to tell me not to get too close. It's been a week. My shades block my eyes from her eyes. My sister says there are some things I want to say. Says I have plenty kids in my future. My bills are my babies, my name on their lips, says this city pins her down with its sadness that it needs a traveling fare, the scent of smoked meat, the freaky noise of clowns. My sister says when a poor man can forgive a two-figure loan, hug tight his heart, Hug tight his enemies when the sight of a woman buffers. His rage boils its bones for soup. That means he's in love. She says staying in love is easier than keeping a roof over your head. My sister price gouges, hustles, Newport's a dollar a pop, sleeps on a bench too hard for dreaming. She says there's a light inside me. People call crazy because my best friend is a bee because I speak its language. My sister asks me to remove my shade, says I have eyes like a best friend. My sister warns me the world will try to steal my bumble and sting, don't let it. My sister's plea muffled by the music her hand makes, rummaging through a garbage bag of belongings. Sometimes my sister's hand pushes rooks across a board in Union Square. College students, yuppie couples conspire against her. My sister says checkmate makes her feel invincible. My sister says, Voila, burdens my palm with penny candies, caramel cubes, Laffy Taffy's, 80s baby suicide. My sister wonders if the light-skinned Arabs still own the candy store under the L where we grew up in Brooklyn. My sister wonders if they been deported. My sister says, don't travel abroad. They'll never let you back into the country. My sister tells me to visit next time I'm on 14th Street. Just don't get too close. She makes me pinky swear, then asks for a hug. And so it goes, overnight, I've become ma'am occasionally carded for beer. Ma'am in fur-trimmed coat to say nothing of ma'am jobless gone down to PA. Ma'am a gap gorgeous caseworker asks now why does something in a fur-trimmed coat need PA? The uninitiated will think I mean a state famous for cheesesteaks refuge for tri-state felons, fleeing the law, only been through that PA on a Greyhound Tusha Chicago, Chicago of layovers, line skipping Buddhist monks bumming Lucy's off the driver. I'd vote for a nicotine addicted monk from Astoria, smoker's breath preaching spiritual enlightenment. I'd vote for a line skipper who defends me against a cowboy at a roadside jack-in-the-box. I had never seen Spurs up close or been called nigger critter till I ordered fries from a fast-food joint in Texas, monk in citrus-colored robes, fists to break a bones meditation. Do you ever forget the sight of a cowboy in jeans, jaundiced at the knee, wriggling on his back like a blue crab? Well, I don't know. I know he never shoots engines or lives long enough to ride off into the sunset in my dreams. I was 15, bought Monk a pack of cigs, any kind, he said, I smoke em all. Going down to public assistance is wild like that. Clients hooking off on security, beefing with supervisors, fingers arched from cracking open cans of beer night after night. Still, PA got nothing on summer of 95. Monk and me guzzling Hennessy from a flask in El Paso, sopping up sun activating our own vitamin D. (laughs)
0: Um.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna dig into this very colorful folder of mine that I I got at um, a workshop that somebody did, and I'm going to try to make this quick. I wanted to read a couple of short pieces that I've never, I don't think I've ever um, read these before. So, okay, well, here's two of them. that'll have to do. Warning. A bill collector calls, threatening jail time and liens. I say, in two years, I've lost one nana, one nephew, one breast trifling but beloved. What else is there to take? The collector doesn't miss a beat. Your nephew's brother, your other breast. (laughs) (laughs) Resolution to pull me up from under the wrecking ball of my own. Blues say blues ain't enough room in this house for the both of us. To make blues, shave his face, cocoa butter his elbows, tie on a do-rag and take his waves and his five o'clock shadow someplace else. For Kendrick. My first foray into love's gold-toothed bait and switch. My Harlem-bred pop-up book of sin whose fists brought us closer together sharpened my taste for designer shades said if I ever left he'd blow out my candles but his eyes sad scraps of gray betrayed him every time we exchanged secrets spoke the dark gospel of henny cocaine any narcotic medusa smoked till we were stone. he said dead ain't One size fits all. He said dead wasn't part of his repertoire. Now look at my pretty man mess. How his chest open and shuts, lockets, bone, winks, blood. Elders put in their teeth to say he was tortured into body bag, bring back the days of fist fights, but the streets say butcher knives, brass knucks, ice picks say heat ain't just for cooking. And where he comes from, 50 more soldier the corner, and where he comes from, 50 more ready to bang, to adjourn life, his murder changes nothing. His murder changes everything. I once called him mongrel to be put down in an alley, said I wouldn't miss him if he died. I once called him Bahamian sunrise, said his mouth could grow a new Eden, all that shine he had up in it. I have no idea how much time I have right now. Plenty of time. Plenty of time? Yeah. Okay. Um, where's the man of this house? So I actually wrote this because you know one of the, like the UPS guy comes and actually had the or the unmitigated gall, as Jim Carrey said in The Grinch, um, to to ask that question. <laughs> where's the man of this house? <laughs> For the UPS delivery guy. There is no man, though I have loved men. There are men I have loved. They weren't the first ones served at my dinner table. Their joke's not so funny. Women crack me up, have wide mouths, strong diaphragms, are as skilled at making jokes as they are at making Love no men in this house. There have been men in this house with Cro-Magnon shaped skulls who have grunted to indicate hunger. I have made eggs benedict like a saint, have snaked stitches through knife Wounds women poach and mend and laugh so hard, suck air into themselves, Boyd in casual Friday blue jeans, Boyd in mumus and mohawks, buoyed in magentas, coppers, mixed prints, organelles, floating in pierced navels and lipstick. I have worn lipstick, so have the men I have loved. They were real, down, wore moonstone to bed, wore wigs. This house, well blessed by men and more than men and women, I urged my men to sit close-legged to be careful what kind of men they died trying to be. I have been a man with a man and a woman, fabulous in ties, crooning Isaac Hayes' bass. I have slayed men, made mutton pie out of them, pillows out of them, kittens out of them, bats out of them of them, quinoa out of them, seedlings out of them, servants out of them, men leave me earthbound. Women fly me to Pluto, appeal to the idols of heat, cram currents, tampons, mini onks into my pockets, remind me not to linger, remind me what I am missing back. Home. <laughs> when the end is near, I will miss the woman lined walls of Tony's pizza. Jewel tone mouths ordering zeppelies extra sweet will miss. The urge to fry bacon in my vegan lover's favorite pan. <laughs> Miss the morning after, pricking, picking over produce Paul's grisly limbs of ginger. wary avocados, admiring the way a banana arcs into the scarlet cave of a stranger's mouth. 6 a.m. conjuring memories of 1988, shoeless mother-shaped, staggering through the door after basement drug busts. I, a fuzzy-headed waif, waiting up the night mama bled like a Goth miracle from the gums and V of her arm. I will miss the burning cathedral of arms. Sweltering epidermis that scorched its praying patrons. Nana cupping the glittering ash of what was left of her only daughter. Nana blowing my scarred cheek as if it were soup. I will miss Nana, the cool kiss of aloe, a god for what it cures. And the knocked-up saint I was at 19, lushalicious, hopping trains on an island small as a condom. Apologies to the stowaway who stormed the blue silk of my womb, who I gave away like a carnival prize. Sent my heart tumbling deep into my body's underworld. And the butch whose arthritic day laborer hands fished it out of grief's clogged gutters. A bull dagger who didn't one night stand well made me smile, brilliant, Watts against the chaos of the city will miss the quivering steeple of legs that carry me against traffic of engines snarling gray and muddy green on the bowery where I've lost nearly all my lives to yellow cabs how their mohawked ads become a blur when I stick out my trigger finger. It's black skin shoots fear into an apple thick with bulging pockets of thieves, bulging eyes at anything that shimmers in the dark. The whole foolish fucking world of poetry I will miss. The rock star wag of black tongues retraining English. A dog too dumb to roll over. So we marimba its spine for death fugues. For the lady who grabs my hand at a protest. outrunning cops, bold blue barricades drawn around the manic and rising smoke of insurrection. Rubber bullets turning rebels to battleships sunk into crack tar streets. will miss the intuitive reach of hands in bars back rooms behind crushed velvet curtains, the chanteuse, sequoia tall, goddess braids, neon acrylics, unclasping my lucky bra. Her name Spanish for faith or hope or wish in a space lit with shadow, the heady scent of sex Heathen fuck, I will miss your love of black women, camels and tonic gin, your disdain for monogamy, for permanence of any kind. And when the end is near, I hope to be with you. Hope to debunk the myth of sweet dirt, to be the only dike, no spell can zombie, no root can raise. Okay, so I'm going to read this. I I feel like I, you know, I was on the train and I was trying to um, decide what I was going to read when I got here. So now I'm just kind of like bullshitting, you know, as I, I find what I thought I had already um, prepared. And um, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Okay. How to land a job. White hiring manager. So, tell me, do you speak any languages? You, the language I'm speaking. White hiring manager, laughs nervously. Any other languages? You sling your Neanderthal Spanish. The weight of its awfulness bounces off the wall, whacks you in the face, splits your lower lip, you under breath. I should have flossed my double negatives, talked about the weather in pig Latin. Of all the trapdoors you've walked through, this the first where a banana skirt awaits your tongue. White hiring manager, laughs assuredly Oh, cinnamon, oh, cocoa, this is how you land a job. Kill that Afro, then pad your bra with the hair. Okay, so I'm determined to find this damn poem. Um, So I'm going to... Okay, so here's one of them, bam. Ah, here's the other, bam. (laughs) Okay, do I have enough time? Okay. Short piece. If my slumlord allowed pets, I'd adopt every after hour paw mauled in battle, trimmed with scabs, toppling trash for fries and wing tips, fur splattered with egg-foo-young. These streets weren't paved for tenderness. A tabby's pregnant belly, low-hanging as a rain cloud, a swollen nimbus grazing the ground. Go ahead and answer your phone. <laughs> Go ahead and answer. New York, I belong. New York, I belong to the coochie-cutter mayhem of Hell's Kitchen, to your night scandalous posse of drug mules and spooks. I am not afraid to be fed to the pyre, to lick the sweet of death's Cane to flick a lights in my lover's house to disrupt the clairvoyant ventriloquy, allow me a space real sexy between graveyard and bodega to sip my wines to unlearn this anthem of breathing. Let my name become nonsense to my ears. the Arabic of my own Stonehenge, I'll end there, thank you.
0: So I just wanted to share an anecdote um, as part of my introduction for Larissa that is basically like one of my top five stories about performance art. Um, I was at the Bubble Lounge um, in San Francisco, um, which is like this bougie, awful um, establishment in North Beach, and they have enough money to, like, fly New York City performance artists out for this show that Earl Dax organized um, called Pussy Faggot, which I think still exists sometimes. Um, It does still exist. And Larissa was part of the crew of performance artists, like, um, it must have been, like, five or six years ago. And... um, Earl Dax got really angry because the clientele of this um, kind of bougie champagne lounge, which is what it was, was not like paying attention to the performance artists. And um, and he was drunk, um, it was a party, and he um, went on a rant and attacked, kind of um, sort of confronted some people who were drinking champagne and not paying attention to the performance art. And was like, "This is really good shit." Like, I can't believe you're not paying attention. Um, and then he threw over a couch. And then the bouncer kicked um, Earl Dax out, who was the promoter, organizer, and MC of the entire event. <laughs> and then Larissa had to go on. <laughs> and and it was literally like. And then it was like. And now Larissa Huziak. And I was really lucky to have been there, and Larissa was like, just flawless, like, as if, as if like, nothing had just happened, and like performance art was the most important thing ever. Um, anyway, so Larissa huziak tonight will be presenting an excerpt from her play, The Forgettable Saga of Donna Donawana Donna takes us on a tour of the moments of quiet one might feel before putting the key in the ignition in a parking lot of a big box store in Iowa. What's on your shopping list and what gets thrown in the basket for fun just in case is as much of a portrait of being in a place as the feeling of losing something even when it appears they are right there. Larissa's work is often trying to solve the problem of the uncanniness of desire, how desire might squirm when it goes public, how desire echoes perhaps in untimely ways against the bright plastic molds of fast food chains and a mall's food court. Larissa performs this relief sculpture of desire. Her characters become the blunt imaginary of the friend who didn't answer the phone or the friend who is a complete stranger and therefore the optimal repository of the confessional. How Donna goes into an interview for what we might think is a job, but ends up answering questions that sound like one has to cut to the middle of foreplay consisting not of touch, but of talking dirty. How much can lesbian desire be jammed into language, especially when desire is so thick with vulnerability? Please welcome Larissa Husiak.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Arielle, and thank you, Amber, for the reading earlier. It's amazing. I'm so happy to be here and sharing this excerpt of this play. um, I'm going to be reading from the first half of the play. And then I'm going to jump ahead a little bit almost to the end, but not quite. So I hope you enjoy. Our tale begins with a figure tall and handsome. Her shoulders broad and fingers long to please. (laughs) A stroll through town and she holds all young hearts ransom. With subtle winks and a tongue she moves with ease. The clubs at night all play this woman's anthem. Girls dancing are left on burning knees. Each spring does come and bring with it new fauna. Her name is unknown, but we call her Donna Juana. (laughs) Will you be my Donna Juana? Will you take me to your bed? Will you let me fuck your brains out? Will you hold me till I'm dead? Will you be my Donna Wanna? Will you take me to your bed? Will you let me fuck your brains out? Will you hold me till I'm dead? <clears throat> I am a man, I know I look like a tomato, but I am a man, and I am here to tell you the story of a woman, a woman named Donna Donawana Donna is upset, she's an upset woman, her wife has recently been abducted, you may have read about it in the paper, if you still read paper, she was eaten alive. Her wife was eaten alive by the television. Did you hear about it? (laughs) Terrible story. Anyways, she's stuck in there now. Her wife is stuck in the TV and she can't get out. (laughs) Donna's upset. It's understandable. Donna doesn't like to watch TV, but what else can she do? Her wife's in there. Our current coordinates are 41.3 degrees north, 93.0 degrees west, 34.5 degrees southwest of Des Moines, Madison County. It's no coincidence that our story takes place under the bridges of Madison County. I've been told that the town was so excited for the filming of the movie that they restored the old bridge to its apple-red glory so it could look good for its Hollywood debut. Unfortunately, the uh, film crew promptly weathered the bridge to make it look more authentic. Let's go back just a little bit. Winter. Madison County, wild horses plays muffled on the radio, window cracked, just enough. There are cow statues standing in the distance, chewing. All the animals are licking themselves. A red wooden cape arches over a muddy dirt path. Donna is thinking of buying a truck there are few other options. She has many terrible thoughts. Water towers stand frozen next to target parking lots. I'm contemplating the thickness of toilet paper and how it might feel after a rough night. Someone cracks a dirty smile. I picture humanity wiping itself. Are you a buncher? A folder? A water? Are you okay just shaking off? I exit the box store satisfied with unnecessary purchases. Magnets. Thank you cards. Golden grams, shoe polish, a garlic dish, sale, cat toy, dog toy, bison bone, dish towel three pack, side table, damaged, sale, (laughs) slippers, dishwashing gloves, dishwashing goggles, onion cutting goggles, and jalapenos pickled beets, orange juice concentrate, a Danielle Steel, <laughs> a CD, a pack of gum, jumbo, twin, extra long, in between the housewares and the automotive, aisle 12, 14, and 16. We're going to need some assistance. Let me show you. Thank you so much. Weather, yes. I know. Yes. I hope so. Yes. Did you say decaf? Decaf? Decaf. Thank you so much. That's just perfect. And you even brought your own bag. Did you need help getting this out to the car? And there's always something you leave off the list, and it's been ages, and you look just ageless, amazing in your hair. It's so, yeah, well, you tell him I'll just be stopping in to get a sympathy card stock out of it. Did you need me to order that for you? Because it appears that you are a winner if you take just a minute to fill out this survey receipt in the bag, okay? And you have a good day, a great day, a good day now, you hear? I get in the car, the RAV4, (laughs) the 4Runner, my lady SUV, the seat is warm because that's what we paid for, (laughs) and my mind buckles, target is hiring, I pause. Consider wearing red and tan, getting a discount, working a double. I cough and realize I started my period. Of course, I forgot the pads. You might get the sense that Donna is searching and you'd be correct. Donna is also looking for a job. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) May I help you? I'm here to see Phyllis for the interview. Name, please, Donna. Last name, please, Juana. Spell that, please. W-A-N-N-A-X. The X is silent. (laughs) What time was your appointment? Uh, 11 a.m. Sorry, am I late? Hmm. Oh, yes, I see. Donna Wannix. You can have a seat. Phyllis will be right with you. Phyllis will see you now. I'm going to read a list of incomplete statements. Please complete each statement with the first thought that comes to mind. There are no right or wrong answers. For example, if I were to say my favorite color is, you would say red. Very good. On a winter afternoon, I like to take a walk in the park. When I was a child, I wished I was a pilot. My favorite dinner is beef stroganoff. The most painful thing a friend could say about me is, I'm mean. I don't know why, but once in a restaurant, I put a cigarette out in a pancake. (laughs) My father was known for his singing, always singing. I have these 10 things in my bathroom. Is that a question? Did you want me to list them? Please. Oh, okay. I've got um, uh, my toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, a bar of soap. That's three. I've got a box of tissues, tweezers, a hairspray. That's on my toilet. How many is that? Uh, Oh, a big thing of Listerine, roll of toilet paper. That counts, right? Does that count? During the most boring week of my life, I I've always wanted to go to Puerto Rico. I love the smell of beans. (laughs) I would be happier only if I quit drinking. I like it when you talk dirty. (laughs) The most annoying song of my high school year was the Macarena. Short answers, please. When I'm alone in an elevator, I panic. It makes me so angry when people pay with change. My family doesn't know this, but I hate Thanksgiving. The most the person I'd like to most kiss is Celine Dion. I've never seen my father's penis. If I could change one thing about my past, it would be not losing my eye. If someone gave me $10,000, I would (laughs) go to Puerto Rico. I always cry at movies. On Halloween, I hand out candy. My favorite position is doggy. In my earliest memory, I am sitting on my mother's lap. I was born in New Hampshire. My current age is 30. I've been married for... 23 years. In order to move forward, I will need a verbal confirmation saying that you understand all the current rules and regulations. Repeat after me. I do. I do. I do. I do. You do. You do. I do. I do. do. I do, you 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 do. I do, I do, I do. I do, you do, I do, you do, I 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 do, we'll be in touch. In the middle of the last scene. An audience member asked me if I'm an actor. Indeed I am. Perhaps it is obvious in the way that I dress. I know that I talk with an undistinguishable accent, that is my stage accent. It enhances my presence, like Meryl Streep. Dun, 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 dun you have a man bind himself to the first girl he falls in love with? Say farewell to the world for her sake and have no eyes for anyone else? A fine thing to be sure. To pride oneself upon the false honor of being faithful. To lose oneself in one passion forever and to be blind from our youth to all the other beautiful women who captivate our gaze? No. No. I first met Donna, um, I guess it was at, at Casey's, uh, down on hey Merle Hay <clears> Hay. <throat> she was getting a bottle of water and I was eating pizza. I saw her walk in and she just beelined to the cooler and then she was standing there for like a good two minutes just looking at the different waters. I guess she was trying to decide which one to get. Finally, she decided on the mid-sized Poland Springs, and I appreciated that. (laughs) I'm not that into Fiji drinking girls. And I would asked her if she'd ever tried Casey's pizza before. She hadn't. Sit down. I said, I'll buy you a slice. And she was like, no, thanks, but I... This is the best pizza you're ever going to have in your life. She sat down and I ordered two slices and we ate in silence. And then she grabbed both my hands and she stared me dead in the eyes and she took her tongue out of her mouth and moved it around in a big circle like (laughs) this, three
0: times,
2: (laughs) thank you, she said, (laughs) and she left, my heart never felt so full, This is the woman that I love. I love this woman more than Casey's Pizza. (laughs) Our current coordinates, 42.03 degrees north, 93.06 degrees west, 34.5 miles north, There we go, of Des Moines. Since retiring from pork, I've become a bit of a local celebrity by participating in storytelling competitions and giving guided tours of the region. Right up there is where we have one of our prized possessions, the Barilla Pasta Company. Barilla makes pasta on the side of I-35 in a building that looks like a hospital. If you're coming from the south, you have to drive past it and backtrack to get there. (laughs) Inside, there are strands of pasta that stand six stories high. (laughs) On the sixth story, there is a bridge that leads into four silos. White columns, gray windows, covered with grates. Dirty trucks carry clean, processed food. (laughs) We will never go hungry. Donna is sitting on the opposite side of the highway in a parking lot of a renewable energy company with an empty chocolate frosty cup and a crispy chicken crumbs. She's wondering why her head feels woozy and if she's become re-addicted to nicotine. If you think you're special, think again. There's a lonely little tree growing out of the marsh in front of her parking spot. The engine is off. She's alone. I'm staring at a small highway bridge connecting us. The bridge is flat, just like the buildings, but you are magnificent. Barilla, Americana, Italiana. <laughs> There's a security gate that I would have to pass through to get closer, but I'm too afraid. I'm making a conscious effort not to contain you. We've been together only a short time now, but I feel that I'm already closing in on you. The little marsh tree stretches out of the frozen ground, quivering in the sunny wind, exclaiming, I've been cold for so long, it's shocking to be kissed. There's a sign on the side of the highway with a money symbol painted on it. And then it says, story. I wrote a poem this morning about spring. It was a depressed poem. A poem about being surrounded by budding new life and feeling angry and sad and frustrated and jealous and rejected and ugly and sexual and alone. I told you I didn't want to meet anyone, that all my friends are gone, that maybe I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but maybe I don't really care. Whoops! My birds. There are many versions of Don Juan, the legendary Libertine. There is, of course, Moliere's Don Juan, Lord Byron's Don Juan, Mozart's Don Giovanni. Next, we have a flashback of a short scene played out by the girls from a 1948 Warner Brothers film, The Adventures of Don Juan. Let's have a look. Why have you kept me waiting? I thought you would never come. See how my heart is pounding? (laughs) Beloved, no power on earth would have kept me from you. In all this world, I have one image in my heart, one vision for my eyes. Yes, go on. I have loved you since the beginning of time, but you only met me yesterday. Well, that is when time began. What are you watching? (laughs) Cartoons. I had this girlfriend once in college um, and she used to pretend that she was a dinosaur and she'd put her arms up like a little T-Rex and she'd go, and then she'd be like, what do you like? And I'd be like, I don't know, what do you like? What do you like? And she'd be like, I don't know, whatever you like. What do you like? I don't know, what do you like? And we kept going, but deep down, I remember thinking, holy shit, I have no likes. Like, it wasn't like I was just nervous to say it. I actually couldn't think of anything I wanted. Has this ever happened to you? Anyways, I don't like that because I don't wanna be a starfish. I don't wanna eat fossils. I am not a dinosaur. I know you're not a dinosaur, honey. I love you. I love you, too. Should I turn off the light? Okay. Hold me. Interview number two. Mrs. Wannex, I'm going to read a list of incomplete statements. Please complete each statement with the first thought that comes to mind. There are no right or wrong answers. For example, if I were to say my favorite color is, you would say pink. On a winter afternoon, I like to sit by the fire. When I was a child, I wished I was married by 25, uh, three kids by 30. My favorite dinner is mother's pot roast. The most painful thing a friend could say about me is, I'm inconsiderate. I don't know why, but once in a restaurant, I faked an allergy. My mother was known for... Baking. I have these 10 things in my bathroom. I'll start on the left. Um, There's a hand towel, a box of Kleenex, a soap dispenser with rose soap, uh, mint waxed floss, crest toothpaste, Colgate toothpaste, floss picks, cotton ball jar, Q-tip jar, facial mask, pimple cream, pimple cream, another pimple cream, <laughs> aftershave, tweezers, and nail clippers. During the most boring week of my life, I just veg out on the couch and eat Doritos and dip and grow stuff like that. I've always wanted to go to the Bahamas. We were supposed to go there for a honeymoon, but there was this major hurricane about to hit, so we ended up staying in Fort Lauderdale instead. Well. We'll get there one of these days. I love the smell of mall fountains. I would be happier only if I had a bigger house. I like it when you smile. The most annoying song of my high school year was, oh, I love music. When I'm alone in an elevator, I definitely sing to myself. It makes me so angry when people text and drive. It is so dangerous. My family doesn't know this, but the person I'd like to kiss the most is, I'm definitely a George Clooney woman. Me too. (laughs) I've never seen a, a monkey giving birth. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of things. If I could change one thing about my past, it would be not finishing college. If someone gave me $10,000, I would build something. I always cry at weddings. On Halloween, I get dressed up. My favorite position is mission. In my earliest memory... Creatures in pet outfits approached me. They told me everything was going to be all right. <laughs> I was born in New Hampshire. My current age is 30. I've been married for 23 years. Oh. Are you feeling okay, Mrs. Wanix? Yes, excuse me. My uterus is reorganizing for its next n- cycle. <laughs> we'll be in touch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 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 ah. All right, we're almost there. We're about to enter one of Donna's dreams. Uh, would you mind just making some weird sounds and just just, just lie off for a second. Okay, great. Um <clears throat> That's good. That's that's great. All right, we're about to enter one of Donna's dreams. She's performing a routine from the legendary lesbian comedian Kate Clinton's album, (laughs) Comedy You Can Dance to, from 1998. You can find it online. It's a wild, wild time. And everybody's talking about gay marriage, I think because they want to protect the children in the confines of marriage, as much as kids have been protected so far in the, yeah. Well, anyway, everybody's talking about it. It's like mad vow disease. Yeah. Take it home. Actually, I was reading in a magazine, one of those glossy gay, gay magazines I get, which is a sentence you didn't used to hear, <laughs> which now I sound like the oldest living lesbian in the continental United States. You know, when I was your age, we didn't have glossy gay magazines like you people do now. We didn't have gay bars on every single corner. We had one gay bar and we had to walk 16 miles to get to it. And we liked it. There you go. No, we didn't have glossy gay magazines. Oh no, we had one little newspaper, Lesbian Connection, and you just sent it around. It was stapled tighter shut than a scared mollusk. You had to get a tetanus shot just to get that little fucker open. So I'm reading. I wasn't reading, I was looking at the ads, because we have ads now. We're not so much a movement anymore, we're a market. But you know, I I don't want to give you the wrong idea. I'm totally in favor of gay people having the right to get married. But a lot of my gay friends, I just have to say, are getting married for the things. Mm. I think they get to the point in their relationship and they're like, honey, we don't have a matching Tupperware top in this whole house. Let's get married. And they do. (laughs) Current coordinates, 53-something, 93-something. Des Moines, we're in the thick of it. Donna decides to skip the next interview and sings a song instead. I saw one car hit another car in order to avoid the other four cars that hit each other this morning. I was grateful I was not hit. I felt resilient and drove faster. Kristen was killed in a car, she was out to lunch with a group of friends, teenagers driving in the rain, 97, I think, they drove into a lamp pole and it crushed her to death. I remember when Carol called to tell me I climbed on my father's lap and cried, even though I was too big for that. 10 years later, Carol called to tell me that Katie had died. My father was dead by then, so I sat on the toilet instead. We said we should stay in better touch. Now we're at the age where our friends are dying. But we didn't. Now I just see her on the computer with new haircuts and an antidepressant smile. It was different with Vanessa. I found out she died when I was with Martha. We hugged and screamed and cried like dogs. You hugged us both at the same time. That was the last time I saw John and Steph. When they were still together, they came over. We had some beers. Everything seemed like it was going so well.
0: The Poetry Project has promoted, fostered, and inspired the reading and writing of contemporary poetry since 1966. Consider supporting us by checking out a reading, becoming a member, or donating at poetryproject.org.